All right, are we ready? I'm ready to watch that video of boys doing the robot dance again with that little boy. Oh, with that little boy. <laughs> so hilarious. Living in a scientific age, we need citizens who know enough about science to make intelligent decisions about what they do. We use science to, to prolong life, to increase security and happiness. But it can also be used for destruction. Are we going to use it constructively? It'll be up to you, and you too. Hey, Todd. You know, I was I was at the Portland Zoo the other day. Wow, nice. Um, they had one one cage that just had a baguette and some brioche and some sourdough and some rye. They were all bred in cact- bred in captivity. Jeez, what a <laughs> what a <laughs> that was a train wreck. <laughs> that was they were bred in ca- captivity. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's amazing. Uh, well, welcome to the Mark and Todd cast. I am one of your hosts, Todd, and with me as always is Mark. I never do that introduction. That's a Portland at the <laughs> movies introduction. Good grief. Well, how have you been doing? I've been, I've been well. Uh, lots of lots of goings on with the work w- world and um, just been, um, I had a have we talked since I went down to California and back and on the uh, podcast maybe, or yeah, just at so, all on the podcast? Yeah. I don't remember. No, maybe I don't. Did know. we record last two weeks ago? No, because you were sick gone. I was gone in California. Maybe. Yes, I think. Yeah. We, yeah. Cause we didn't record it easy. <laughs> Welcome Speaking to two old, oh, <laughs> <laughs> two old, it's two old men shouting. yelling at each other in rocking chairs. <laughs> I'm your host. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so went down to California, had a, had a great time down there uh, at a conference in Disneyland, and Nick drove down to Santa Barbara, met me, and we drove back. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, we drove back and went to the Madonna Inn and did all that. It was, it was fantastic. Got so to, you really got to use the, the uh, public bathroom in the Madonna Inn. That's nothing yes, but the rock waterfall. waterfall. Oh. Yeah. And you stayed there, too. And we you got a, like, a rock shower with a waterfall in it. And it, was, it was... I'd never seen inside any of the rooms. Our bed was, was essentially a uh, wagon <laughs> with, with, at the foot like of our bed. Like an Oregon trail wagon. Like an, yeah, it didn't have the coveredness to right, it, but, but it had not four like a, wheels. Not the radio flyer. Correct, <laughs> yeah. And it, so it had uh, the seat where the drivers would sit the, it, yeah. and lamps that turned on and like the, uh, and uh, a, a waterfall in the shower, the, the whole rock bathroom yeah. it was it was it's fantastic. such a crazy place yeah just look up pictures of the madonna in i was disappointed as a kid to realize it wasn't that madonna <laughs> when we went past it has nothing to do with that sadly um well i have a new uh i have a new toy that i bought at the bins mark yes um i have been addicted to going to the bins i have gone almost every day because it's sort of by work it's like 15 minutes away it's from Collins Justifiably house. by work. And now I'm, <laughs> this is how I justify, I'm 
house sitting in Beaverton right now, and I've been going to Westland like via Selwood <laughs> to avoid the day. traffic. To avoid the traffic, of course. Only six half hour, but I did find this great uh, synthesizer megaphone thing. Hello. How are you? Hi, Abby. This is the alien setting. It also has. It also has two other settings. <laughs> Indiscernible. Impossible to understand. Did that too loud? We're sorry <laughs> to to our listener. We apologize <laughs> to our one listener, but listener. I barely knew her. Perfect. It's less satisfying. Um, but the funniest coincidence happened. I have always had as a ringtone a song called uh, Popcorn, which is a song I had never heard of until the Rick Emerson show. And he used to play it if someone called either had to uh, like we're trying to win a prize. It was the thinking music or if he thought a caller was going to say something terrible, he would make them think about it and he would play uh, this song. Let's see. Oh, yeah. And it's just called the uh, Popcorn by Hot Butter. This is not the the original song. Um, the original song. Have you ever heard the original version of that? Which I was, don't think I have. Um, popcorn by a band called Hot Butter, <laughs> which seems to be kind of pigeonhole. I mean, the song Hot, <laughs> the song Popcorn by Hot Butter. But it, it was a legitimate, like, number one song. What? Like on the radio hit. Are there words? No, it's just an instrumental. Like Axel's theme? Yeah, yeah totally. <laughs> this was the pre-Axel F, so I think this is in the late 70s. But anyway, and, and oh it, so the remix I have is completely different. I have the techno remix. But I was talking with one of the... Uh, one of Colin's older brothers. And there's also this song called let the bodies hit the floor, which is some, uh, early two thousands, like aggro band. let the bodies hit the floor. <laughs> it's a follow up to it's raining. Man. It's ra- <laughs> <laughs> nice. I have to follow up to that, but he, he found this, uh, this guy that does these, it really interesting remix is a song, but actually has this guy named Neil Sisierga. Sisierga? <laughs> Isn't it the most random <laughs> you've ever heard? Yes. <laughs> anyway, it just goes on like that for like five minutes. But I found that so so random. Have you heard like the death metal remixes of uh, Baby Shark? We'll play that uh, Baby Shark remix uh, <laughs> to maybe end the show. Okay. Um, what is the difference, Mark, between inertia and momentum? Oh, uh, yeah. My theory is... <laughs> Inertia is what starts the momentum. Yeah, yeah I, I, I don't know the definitions. Uh, so momentum is the amount of energy that something has uh, to either stay in place or move uh, and continue in the place that it's going right. in, in direction. So so when you've got a, a million pound rock it ha- and it's just sitting there, it has a ton of momentum 
uh, to stay there, or if something is rolling forward, a train has a, uh, a lot so of So momentum. Can, you can have <clears throat> momentum that is just potential yeah. energy. They consider I'm that just zero momentum. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Huh. And uh, inertia, inertia is what moves the momentum, perhaps? I don't know. Well, I'll, it's I'll find, find Anyway, out. as you find that, I'm going to tell you about two of the saddest things you've ever heard. Oh, perfect. Uh, so I've been, like I said, I've been house sitting in Beaverton, so I've uh, kind of been going to a couple restaurants uh, so I didn't have to make food at the house. And I finally made the decision to embrace what my life will eventually come. And I went to hometown buffet. Yes. And it was awesome. <laughs> I sat in this row. I'll show you. I'll maybe I'll use this as the, as the Facebook did, picture for, did they give you an honorary senior discount. <laughs> it was my big complaint was that it was more expensive. It was thir- uh, 1399. <laughs> Which you'll is a still little be complaining pricey. about this when you are seventy. <laughs> Back in my days, okay. thirteen ninety nine. Uh, but I got, and I haven't. I, I mean, I've been to a buffet before. We used to go to Sizzler. Do you remember Sizzler? Oh yeah, steak, of seafood, salad, salad Sizzler. Sizzler. Yes. Uh, so we'd go to that sometimes after uh, like football games uh, that we'd see at the high school it's or whatever. Super popular in Southern California. Yeah. yeah. Every after church was Sizzler, and and it. It definitely, as a small child, was much better than as a adult. Yes, um, I because it, it it's magic that you can have any of the food however much you want, and then there's so that's I, I, and that's what appeals to me because I like to try things, right? But I don't like to commit to having that. That's why I always get the chicken sandwich or like whatever the there was there was a book back in the day that talked about the difference between. Inertia and momentum. <laughs> Inertia and momentum. Uh, between lower class, middle class, and upper class. And uh, in lower class, in, in kind of the poverty zone, uh, the concern is volume of food. Yes. In middle class, it's the taste of food. And in upper class, it's the presentation, presentation. and the display of the food. Wow, that's that makes total sense. And so I feel like I... I'm on that journey as as a, a human. A human going from like as a child, it was all about the volume of food. Yeah. And, oh my god! All you can eat shrimp was like the 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 epitome of decadence. And right. these are shrimp with soft serve with ice cream at the end. All the soft serve that you can eat, and and then all the iceberg lettuce I can. <laughs> I want. So yeah, I did, this one it was a little more robust than the the Sizzler. It had many different pods and stations of all the different kinds of food, all of which is bland and terrible. And I, you know that going in, but like you said, I was I was buying volume, right. and so that's what I was excited about. But I was sitting in the in the sad old person eating alone. <laughs> <laughs> so that in front of me there's a crazy old lady doing her crossword puzzles oh. <laughs> but then the guy on the other side of her oh. was he is my hero he was like just this well put together i don't know 60 70 year old man tucked in nice tucked in shirt and jeans just making his way from station to station getting one of everything and i'm like that's it he's kind of figured that's out. who i'm gonna be the hometown buffet so he was yeah it was hilarious because then i realized that um, 
because America's Funniest Home Videos only comes on once a week for me, I've had to just watch internet channels with that. And I realized the one that I've been watching lately, because it's hard on YouTube to find, like if you're searching for either viral videos or funny videos, to not get ones that are like... And then the guy had a compound fracture of his leg when he fell down, like something that's not gross or disgusting. You have to find that that intermediate zone of it's it's funny, but not too gentle. So I realized the one that I've been watching is called Cat Tuber. Oh, my gosh. And I was like, my life is awesome. <laughs> watching Cat Tuber on the Internet and going to a buffet was how I spent my week. Ah, uh, so someday we will have to buffet together. I will love that. Because <laughs> the shrimp was really good. That was the one thing actually out of all of it. They had some fried um some fried shrimp that was that was very delicious. But um anyway, should we do some news? Yes indeed. Okay, let me pull it up. Okay. Starting us off, lawmakers have introduced a bipartisan bill for an Internet of Things security standard. Uh, so they unveiled legislation that would create cybersecurity standard for the Internet-connected devices, often known as the Internet of Things. <clears throat> the bill would require established standard for government use of devices, which I think is a great thing to yes. already kind of be on top of for Congress. This seems a little early for them to jump on technology, but that's, that's pretty great. Uh, yeah, IoT generally... Like you buy a uh, an an IP camera, so uh, a camera that sits on your network and has an IP address that you can address and and get into. Those are usually hardwired with their security. They don't have software updates or management of, of like updates and and uh, things like that. And they're all really super insecure, and you can hack them super easily. Like, so, yeah, isn't that the thing with Nest where it's like they just forgot to like put security in or whatever? Yeah, we don't need those. <laughs> uh, you know, it's on your network. And so if you can get, if you are at a coffee shop and that coffee shop has one like that, then you can get onto their wireless network, get onto the thing, and then, you know, be controlling their camera really, really easily. Yes, so uh, when we talk about the Internet of Things, some people might not know what that is, but it's like the thing, like Alexa would be an Internet of Thing, like a ring doorbell, anything that connects in your house, and like now we're getting refrigerators that do that, a toaster that does that, and all of those things are just other ways in. It's a discrete device that connects to the internet it's a, a connected device and I, l- literally you can buy an iot uh toothbrush like oh yeah i saw it at the apple store it's exactly. 80 dollars for a connected toothbrush yep. i almost lost my mind at the bridgeport <laughs> apple store <laughs> I have to do like therapeutic breathing <laughs> to get under control for this internet of things toothbrush i need to go back to hometown of hey <laughs> <laughs> eat, eat, eat my sorrows. I need mashed potatoes and starchy gravy. Oh my god! Uh, yeah, that and it it built itself as a toothbrush with AI, and I was like, <laughs> it's too much. Uh, so this uh, new bill would create 
uh, recommendations for get me back to hometown buffet. <laughs> uh, recommendations for it was surprisingly full too, and I don't know if that's just because people are up and moving around. Like you don't see in a right. restaurant people right. getting up and moving around, right, but it right. was surprisingly busy. Uh, lots of families and lots of old people, and someone was having a birthday party, and it looks like they eat there a lot. <laughs> so, are you gonna retire to to, to Las At Vegas hometown buffet? <laughs> uh, that'd be ironic because like I hate gambling and Vegas in general, but they do have the best buffets, don't they? Oh yeah, that's what I'm excited for. Our uh, my family's summer trip is a cruise, and I think they have tons of buffets on oh, the yeah. cruises. Oh my gosh, so they're, I, they're yeah. made for food. <laughs> have you seen that? Uh, there's a picture going going around the internet. Of there's like an an older man at a buffet holding a, like a portable radio, one of the two, the longer rectangle two speaker portable radios, like from the late eighties, and he's holding that with ear with headphones on, like at a buff, scooping salad onto his plate or whatever. It's the best picture ever. I've not seen that anyway, and it doesn't come up in my. <laughs> I know, that's a little hard to Google <laughs> that. I, I tried. <laughs> that's the uh, yeah. Anyway, there might be a new 4,000-mile trail that will let bike people... uh, Bike people, easy. (laughs) (laughs) That will let people bike across the U.S. on one path. Uh, That's the vision of the Great American Rail Trail, a 4,000-mile cross-country route on those easy-to-pedal rail trails that connects Washington to Washington, D.C. Wait. Rail trails? That's not like the pedal thing that i did on the, the coast is it great american rail trail four thousand cross-country route on those easy to pedal rail, rail trails, trails that connects active i'll find out to washington <laughs> as we both read the same article expecting somehow to extract extra information well i'll go on a little bit i don't think so i think it's it no no no, no. it's not that it's it's trails that because the rails are already part the of the system, lines. the train lines are already part of the system. Uh, oh, you can just put a bike trail next, next to the rail. To it and you're there. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So the Rails to Trails Conservancy recently announced the initiative which takes advantage of the <laughs> with the, uh, the extensive pre-existing rail trail networks through 12 states, uh, creating an east-west route on the trails that follow old railroad beds has long been a major goal for the organization. I guess we could have just kept reading the article. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) What's different about this trail is that much like the East coast greenway, which is a trail from Maine to Florida, it keeps cycles out of traffic and that would certainly make a less stressful cycling. So yeah, right now you could um, bike across the U S but you just have to do it on highways and stuff like that. So yeah. So it's mostly across the North starts up in Washington, Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, the other ones. <laughs> Let's see if I can do <laughs> it. Hold no, on. Okay, so uh, Nebraska. Nebraska, Iowa, Illinois, no something. Ohio? Yeah, I thought Ohio was the next one. I What's thought that, that one was Ohio. Indiana? Oh, Indiana, yeah. Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, Vermont. No, North Car- West Virginia? <laughs> Pennsylvania? That's really going to map. No one can see struggling to tell the states. And then New York. West Virginia. Uh, Pennsylvania and uh, Massachusetts. No, that's up there. <laughs> Rhode Island. No, this is, is it. The size of Rhode Island, Maryland. Oh, right. Well, <laughs> that's Maryland. one of the. If you're ever looking for a like a little party game to do with every single age that will uh, be fun for everyone, you give everyone three or four or five minutes to write down all fifty states. 
because it is surprisingly hard unless you're looking at a map right. to recall from memory all 50. You'll get like 45 or so and then you'll just drive yourself crazy trying to remember the other ones. And then they're capitals. And then they're capitals. <laughs> but it's a fun game that even kids can play and they'll probably win because like they're just learning their states. Meanwhile, the U.S. Air Force confirms <clears throat> Boeing's electronic electromagnetic pulse weapon. Ooh. So uh, it's capable of targeting and destroying electrical systems without the collateral damage associ- uh, often associated with traditional firepower. Known as, this is if this was an 80s television show, known as CHAMP or Counter-Electronics High-Powered Microwave Advanced Missile Project. The American military project is an attempt to develop a device with all the power of a nuclear weapon, but without the death and destruction. So um, it was uh, military forces have been actively developing next generation weapons that will take welfare warfare well beyond the guns and rockets that uh, happen now. So lasers have been a key area of advancement. Lockheed Martin fired test lasers in March that took out a truck engine from a mile away. And the Navy deployed a laser weapon system on a ver- uh, vessel in the Persian Gulf in December. So that's terrifying. And I, I keep reading more and more stories about the acoustic weapons that are happening. Remember uh, like a year or so ago we yep. had that story and it kind of keeps popping up that more and more like it was some sort of actual attack from outside <clears throat> somehow of, of sound weapons. There's also this uh, situation with the sounding for uh, natural resources for oil and, and other things on the seafloor and they bounce sound off of the seafloor and get uh, some some reflections back and some more information and sensors in the in the ocean floor and uh, they're like oh it won't hurt any animals and literally it's it's like <laughs> just exploding it's, fish it, left and right it, exactly it's not even like it's, <laughs> it's just whales comp- a thousand miles away are like it's <laughs> It's terrible. <laughs> our our big corporations are killing our world. Uh, Speaking of that, um, Boston Dynamics. I showed you the new Boston yes, Dynamics. I showed that to ostrich, Colin's older brother yesterday. Ostrich robot and uh, autonomous workers in warehouses that are packing and unpacking pallets. And they look like one of those um, novelty bird yep. feeder things <laughs> <Yes>. or whatever. <laughs> I love those. Uh, yeah, the dipping bird. The dipping bird. And um, Although, to be fair, it looked like what the what they were accomplishing could have more easily be done by one person and one more little rolly ramp that they have. Right, right. I know that was Agreed. a test. And, and what, yeah, and that's a test and that's like V1. Um, but if you think about like, you could have a whole warehouse of those yeah. with one person behind a computer. Until it turns on them and pecks them to death with their <laughs> weird... Big <laughs> sucking snouts. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's the the future of... Uh, so a couple of headlines that uh, don't have big stories to them, but uh, this one seems obvious, but uh, Ukrainian hackers used quizzes to access private Facebook data. So you always see on Facebook, oh, people's yeah. Facebook pages and they're not like the old, which one of the friends cast am I or whatever. They're just the dumbest ones that people like just give access to their whole and then all their contacts. And so don't do that if you're taking a quiz. So all of our parents are... <laughs> 
you know, Russian spies now, <laughs> yeah, or, or operatives, uh, or compromat, or uh, what's the word? I don't comp- yeah, I don't yeah. know. It's like I never knew what, um, uh, what's the intel? word for intel? No, when you take contraband. Contraband. I'd never heard that word before until I was in Spanish class, and the <laughs> teacher said contrabando, which is the Spanish word for it. I'm like, well, what does that mean? She says, well, contraband. And I was like, what is that? Well, what does that mean? <laughs> Contrabando. So I was watching the uh, Apple release this last uh, oh yeah la- last week with all their new media stuff, and one of their presenters is this really nice lady, first name Anne, last name Ty, and <laughs> now we'd like to call up Anne Ty. Just <laughs> like really, <laughs> she she you was lovely. Take her a better a better stage name right. than that. Uh, oh, speaking of friends, though, the, uh, I was watching it. Uh, the boys were watching it on Netflix. It, the whole series streams on Netflix. And uh, I noticed that it was not four by three, the old square mm. TV format. It was widescreen. I was like, oh, they must have it zoomed in. And I kept watching it. And usually when it's zoomed in, the framing is off yeah. or like p- people aren't in the same shot or they used to call that pan and scan from when they had to cut that down to the video version. And there was none of that. And I looked it up and Friends was uh, f- uh, filmed on film or whatever. No, because I mean, oh. Friends was done in the early 2000s. <laughs> Mark. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody knows that. Friends heads. Um Filmed in HD format. The the yeah, totally. uh, <laughs> so yeah, on on film print, oh, and wow. so they were able. They never aired that, but they they cropped it for television. Uh. But they went back and did an HD restore of the film, and so that's what's on uh, Netflix. And so it was really interesting to see that in a mm. widescreen format. Uh, that had nothing to do with anything. But Musician Loading Zones launch in Portland soon. So working mus- musicians can now apply for and receive a free permit to use selective commercial loading zones at 16 Portland venues thanks to the advocacy of the Music for Portland and Fair Trade Music uh, nice. PDX. So that's really cool because, man, what a pain in the butt yep. to load in and, out, uh, in and out for that stuff. Um, I won't read the full article, but... It turns out that police officers can't pull you over for giving them the finger, which some lady not only felt so strongly about that she t- took them to court to figure it out, and it is, uh, and it would be an infringement on our sec on our First Amendment freedom of speech uh, to pull someone over, or penalize them for rude behavior. I guess. Um, here's something to think about as we all look to space. NASA finds that dormant viruses activate during space flight. So new NASA Oof. research is revealing that being in space may reactivate dormant viruses. So the herpes virus was reactivated more than half of the crew aboard the space shuttle and international space station missions. So here's where I start having questions. <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh is what is herpes? <laughs> what is herpes? Uh, like, is it and is has anybody has anybody had sex in space? <laughs> the space? They're just passing it around to each other. So maybe some of this will be answered not, but um so NASA quotes NASA astro- astronauts endure weeks or even months exposed to microgravity and cosmic radiation, not to mention the extreme G forces of takeoff and re-entry. The physical challenge is compounded by more familiar stressors like social separation, confinement, blah blah blah. Um, 
So they monitor all of that by analyzing saliva, blood, and urine samples. Uh, what they found was problematic. During spaceflight, there is a rise in secretion of stress hormones like cortisol and adrenaline, which are known to suppress the immune system. In keeping with this, we find the astronauts, Im astronauts' immune cells, particularly those that normally suppress and eliminate viruses, become less effective during spaceflight and sometimes for up to 60 days after. Um, so to date, 47 out of 89, which is 53%, 53% of astronauts on short space shuttle flights and 61% on longer ISS missions, uh, and this is the, the terminology they use, shed herpes viruses into their saliva or urine. And they keep using the word shed and viral shedding, which is unpleasant. <laughs> but is the herpes virus something that's, in us and takes like kind of like an epoxy where you need two pieces like we right. have it but it's and not it gets activated, activated right. with something else because I, I, I think believe that that's the case okay because other than like what's going on with our astronauts <laughs> <laughs> that they all have like gonorrhea or whatever that they have it's a very small community uh, <laughs> well yeah technically <laughs> so any so all of that marked higher than samples taken before flight flight um Research has detected four of the eight known herpes viruses, including uh, HSV, which is the oral and genital herpes, which I apologize for saying, uh, <laughs> Sorry, and then Mom. chickenpox and shingles, which is also mm. part of the herpes Ugh. virus. So they only have a cure for the uh, chickenpox and shingles, um, not the not the naughty kind of herpes, uh, but they do have. Um, trials for other herpes vaccinations, uh, vaccinations show little promise. So our present focus is on developing target treatments for what we have. So that's it. Stay on earth. <laughs> Don't get herpes. Sorry, Elon. <laughs> <laughs> the, his car is just a flying ball of herpes <laughs> and out of space right now. Oh, uh, uh, speaking of the moon, we weren't speaking oh, of the moon. Oh, 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 uh, actually, for, oh, um, Oh. Spacewalk, all women spacewalk Ooh, uh, was what? canceled. So there was uh, some women in, just into space on the ISS. They they were scheduled to have a spacewalk that included. There was just two ladies, the two ladies that are on the space uh, okay. space station right now. Uh, it was canceled, and there was a lot of you know out. It was crime. that time of month. Oh, Am I <laughs> no, 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 sorry. So, um, and NASA had to respond. Yeah, you know, Hillary Clinton, uh, a bunch of people that were were very excited about the first all women spacewalk. Um, and NASA had a just a really great no nonsense uh, response. And uh, we can put a link to its uh, five points that they address. Very, you know. NASA does not make assignments based on gender, uh, and they have a shortage of uh, the abundance of sizes of space suits. Oh, sure. And people grow when you get to space. So uh, one of the ladies who was a medium is now a large <laughs> because she's now three inches taller. <laughs> because. Uh, and so it is three inches is a lot. It's a lot. I'm five eleven. That would be like <laughs> I'm now six two. You'd be my size. Like, I'd be your size. And uh, yeah. And so there's there's a really good solid response from NASA. 
they will ultimately it's inevitable uh that there will be an all-woman uh spacewalk and right. just uh the stars haven't aligned yet right and that's because yeah. they're all out shopping uh no they're on their way to the 30 million page library that's heading to the moon to help preserve human civilization so israel's bereshit based spacecraft launched towards the moon last week was carrying a 30 million page archive of human knowledge etched into a dvd sized metal disc Hmm. the lunar library as the archive is known consists of a quote civilization backup to help ensure that our distant descendants never lose humanity's collective wisdom um Blah, blah, blah. If we can leave records on the moon for a huge duration, maybe E.T. will have done the same, says this guy who is excited that somebody is writing down what he says for the first time (laughs) in his life. Uh, One small component of the archive is the time capsule, uh, which is a collection of songs, children's drawings and writings about Israeli culture and history. But the rest is truly encyclopedic. Uh, the entire English language version of Wikipedia, tens of thousands of fiction and nonfiction books, a collection of test textbooks and a guide to 5,000 languages along with 1.5 billion sample translations between them. All of that is on, uh, etched onto 25 stacked nickel discs, each just 40 microns thick. Um, so good luck trying to figure out how to play that or get <laughs> extract that. anything meaningful from that alien civilization. But, um, Anyway, it does come with uh, tiny images of the books and other documents explaining human linguistics, along with instructions on how to read the library. So, the audio files. The introductory the introductory layers can be easily viewed when magnified one hundred times under a simple microscope. So, hopefully, they didn't forget to pack their microscope. Hmm. Did you? Oh, go ahead. Um, We saw the movie Us. Have you I haven't seen yet. It? So, uh, it, it's getting rave reviews. It opened uh, to the largest take of a um, a not unique a, a um, horror uh, an original horror movie. Okay. Uh, it's the largest one ever. Wow, seventy one million dollars first weekend or something something like that. and it was innovative. And uh, Nick and I didn't like it. Yeah, and so I think we're racist, but. Um, <laughs> because it does have an incredible amount of not not just racial commentary but like human condition commentary oh, sure. and uh so there there was a lot of symbolism and and uh, stuff but what it what it did highlight that Nick knew nothing about which really surprised me was hands across america oh. uh, so uh in 1986 there was this was right on the heels of live aid and and all you know the uh, the same guy who wrote the song for uh, We Are the World. Lionel Richie? Um, Michael Jackson? Uh, I know they sang it, but there was... A, there was Quincy Jones? I know. <laughs> there, there was a, a, a person I don't know the name of <laughs> that wasn't super famous, um, <laughs> except for being one of the writers on We Are the World. Lionel Richie? <laughs> who wrote Hands Across... America. That is something though that like if you weren't like if you weren't there literally like you just didn't it's not something that was ever brought up again. Composed by New York Jingle Writers uh was set to premiere co-wrote with Lionel Richie. Okay. Uh but of course that's 
doesn't say who it was. <laughs> Nobody knows. It doesn't matter. He's it doesn't not famous. Matter. So, 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 Hands Across America was uh, geared up to run in 1986, and it happened. It was supposed to raise thirty million dollars or something, and it raised like ten uh, percent of that or whatever. <laughs> uh, there were big sections that they didn't have enough people to have hands, well, so yeah, they had like, like a ribbon. <laughs> ribbon across Arizona. Eight, I know, an 800 mile ribbon across Wyoming. Right. So there's just not people up the there. The one guy in South Dakota came <laughs> out and <laughs> tried to hold hands. With. Uh, but there was a big segment, uh, you know, big component of that movie that brought up that. So we were doing some research on, you know, because Nick had never heard yeah. of Hands Across America. Uh, he, and he was like, because I think it was kind of a big one. flop. And so we all just kind of pretended it didn't happen. <laughs> no. But I, re- I remember the song. I remember. Yeah, it, I don't think I remember the thing. song. I'll play. I'll play that as as opposed as to the go baby out. shark <laughs> remix. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So heads across America. I, I that was uniquely eighties. All of those. I mean, I know they kept doing charity events like Live Eight and all that throughout the next couple of decades. But there was just a lot of. There was one. So there was Live Aid, which is the big one. The USA for Africa. There was Band Aid. For, I believe Midwest Farmers and that was done by like rock bands like Dio I think there was God there's like five or six AIDS yeah. and AIDS and AIDS, AIDS unrelated AIDS. also AIDS uh, wow <laughs> uh, did you see the little story of the high school theater group yes. that put on the uh, play version of the movie Alien and then uh, Sigourney Weaver showed up. So <laughs> it wasn't long amazing. after a New Jersey high school put out their production of Alien, uh, the 1979 Ridley Scott classic, uh, which I found on VHS today at the bins, nice. uh, that the internet erupted in praise, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Sigourney Weaver, who played Lieutenant Ellen Ripley, took to social media and said, it looked incredible. You put so much heart and soul into it. Uh, the Alien, I must say, looked very real to me. So uh, it looked amazing. <laughs> you could look up little pictures of the Alien guy. It's really good, and what a fascinating uh, little play to put on. Much yeah. better than uh, high schoolers trying to do Shakespeare. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the Portland Meadows Mark is closing oh. for good. Um, a permit application involving quote initial phase redevelopment of the 63 acre parcel that's home to the Portland Meadows racetrack was filed Wednesday. The information filed with the city mentions a quote urban logistics facility and quote possible land division in order to divide the property into one building per lot configuration. Um, so Portland Meadows, which owned in opened in 1946, has long time been the home of horse racing and off-track betting in the Rose City. In the 1990s and early 2000, uh, blah blah blah, it had some concerts. In 2013, the track went under uh, underwent a massive uh, rebranding effort, uh, cr- spearheaded by local creative agency OMFG Company, OMFGCO, which. That's- want to retroactively go punch them for <laughs> having that name, uh, which is the save agency behind such groovy hubs. What article is <laughs> as the uh, groovy hubs as the Ace Hotel and Stumptown Coffee. Okay. Uh, in 2016, it was filmed. It was filming location for Lean on Pete. Okay. Hmm. A movie that I, no one has heard <laughs> I of. I guess we'll do on Portland the movies <laughs> sometime soon. Pete. We'll add, add that to our list. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Have you ever been there? I don't 
think so. I keep thinking I have because we did that Tesla right. run that was, at a racetrack. <laughs> yeah, that was up in But SeaTac. that was up in Washington. Yeah. Uh, I've only been there once for a Ben Harper show, uh, actually. Except like Ben Hur for Ben, ben Hur reenactment, ben which would be amazing. <laughs> a ben chariot Hur's race. <laughs> That would be incredible. Like the universal backlot Sigourney shows. Sigourney Weaver showed up. <laughs> and um, Ben Harper was there. It was me and our, our old buddy Mike. Oh, yeah. And um, I had just turned 30. It was, um, I had never tried weed <laughs> before then. And uh, about my 30th birthday, I'm like, I'm really an adult now. Right. Uh, I think I'm okay to smoke marijuana. And... And so it was past there was he sang the song called Burn One Down <laughs> and the, it was an outdoor show and there was so much smoke. <laughs> you just got a contact high from being present right. in the audience and oh everybody's and just it's outdoor has, too. It's outdoors. Which is crazy. <laughs> and it was it's it like was, an inversion it's, layer that appears. One of those caps clouds like over. I Mount wish Hood. I had you know, I wish it was the the phone era of uh of camera phones because with the lights and the the amount of smoke coming off of the audience it was it was really remarkable that's crazy and uh yeah first time i got high at portland meadows (laughs) at a ben harper show as an audience member good memories that was right around when i first met you because your 30th birthday party i remember me and heidi being there all nervous because there was other people there that we didn't know and (laughs) it was all right after wow that's crazy Ha! And final, finally, in what has kind of become our local heroes segment, although he's not local, he is just area hero. A man who is for, uh, forced to shorten his fence gets revenge with naked mannequins. A man in Santa Rosa, California, forced to reduce the size of his fence, got some payback. He was told his six foot tall fence. Uh, oh, he uh, built a six foot wall to keep his two dogs in the yard. I put this fence together for my dogs so they had a place to run. However, he was ordered to cut his $9,000 fence in half after a neighbor, a neighbor filed a complaint with the city claiming that it obstructed the view of oncoming traffic at the intersection. He complied, but not without making his offbeat statement, which is a bunch of naked mannequins, which are just regular mannequins, mannequins just not like the sexualized mannequins. or anyway. Uh, he placed, uh, where did I, I lost my place here? He placed four of the uh, mannequins around a table while a female da- dummy stands with her arms over her head. The dummy displayed features a sign that reads, reserve seats for the nosy neighbor that complained about my fence to the city. Uh, <laughs> so now people are stopping and taking pictures and telling him how great it is. <laughs> so there's a... Uh, I saw there's the picture. The, yeah, there's the, the picture. It was, it's fantastic. Of just, yeah, these store mannequins sitting around a table where his fence used to be. So that goes in the same category as the guy who built the electric fence around his yard and all the middle schoolers bus stop. Uh, and the guy who built the giant middle finger and called it art so that the city couldn't say anything because he wasn't allowed to have a business sign up. So, ah, well, let's hear from one of our sponsors. And that sponsor is Spon- uh, Sonic Sketch. And I did ask, Mark, you had asked earlier, yeah. uh, you texted me. Uh, Sonic Sketches make, um, they take a waveform uh, display of the, uh, your favorite song or, as we'll get to later, uh, sound and captured as a high-resolution uh, high audio wave and then rendered on a, uh, on a um, matted 12 by 12 panel or an 8 by 24 panel uh, of polished aluminum. And you uh, texted me and said, well, can they do... 
uh, just any sound. any sound of any kind. Um, and it turns out that they can. And uh, he, they said, where did it go? Uh, so they can take any audio file, which is either wave or MP3 or whatever. He said that, uh, that people have done their wedding vows, their baby's heartbeats, uh, all different sorts of things. Cool, I think cool, we cool. should get one that, uh, is you know, now I, I barely knew her. There we go. I barely knew her as yes. a wave form, which would be like all squared <laughs> off <laughs> and all weird. Uh, so we can even, did you, did you pr- uh, prepare for an, with an extra, an extra dad joke? Not not yet. Okay. Uh, oh. Why don't you go oh. look for one while I talk for a little bit? Because I wanted our bit to, in order to get people to not skip past our little commercial. Oh yes. I wanted to tell a specific dad joke that you could get as a Sonic sketch. So, uh, like I said, uh, you can get a three-paneled version uh, arrived and ready for display with three float mount hangers installed. Uh, it would float a half inch off the wall. Uh, you can do any custom songs. If you do a song, they'll give you a little uh, write-up of uh, the history of the song, who wrote it, like when it appeared on the charts, uh, all of that. And they make these really, they're just really neat, uh, really pretty displays of, of your favorite yep. sound. There's so one in the lobby of Fun Employment Radio. There that is, I that's love. right. Yeah. It's really it's cool really, looking. It, it's totally pro. It's on, it's as etched into metal and it's uh it's really a statement and, and a, yeah, so a you really go to, cool piece to, to sonic sketches.com and say if you would if you would like to have this as a beautiful piece of art so uh todd do you know what pac-man eats with his tortilla chips i don't guaca waka waka moly <laughs> why did that one get me i don't out of all of them, I think it was your approximation of the waka waka noise, which really, really sold that. Uh, that's amazing. So, uh, yes, go to sonicsketches.com. And if you use the promo code Mark Todd, you can get free shipping anywhere in the U.S. So, we'll continue to talk about them, but they're uh, really great. So, go check them out. And supporting them supports us too. So, please do that. I can hear you now. Yay. Oh, yay. How are you doing? It's been forever since we've talked on Skype. I know. Um, I've been staying busy, you know, uh, as busy as I possibly can, just busy enough to uh, not record any Binsworthy with you. <laughs> <laughs> just busy enough. You have been so busy. Been so, all over the place. Yeah. So catch it. Uh, all the times you're not doing Binsworthy, you're doing nine other podcasts that Can't I see. Swing a dead cat without hitting the Unibiper. The Sprocket <laughs> podcast and the upcoming Fuse Box. And there was another one that I saw too, didn't I? Yeah. What was the third one that I did Uh-oh. recently? Oh, uh, the Brew Happy Show. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How was that one? What's I mean, that's all about beer, I'm assuming. Yeah. It's all about uh, beer in Portland. And, um, uh, they've got a great show. I've been on there before, um, but we talked about the, the Unipiper beer and uh, the fact that it is about to come out in cans uh, in April. Nice. I meant to ask you, since I, I bought a bunch of bottles that I wanted to give to my family when I see them, and I do have them in a dark closet, but how long like is beer good in a bottle like that? It depends on the style of beer. Okay. Um, how usually g- the hoppier... How long is your beer good like that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Hoppier beers, such as the Unipiper Hazy IPA, um, are not recommended to uh, (laughs) age. Um, They are best consumed as soon as possible. Okay, well, perhaps I won't wait till Christmas then. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, if you do have to store it, uh, yes, uh, somewhere cool and uh, dark. Yeah, it's right. it's in one of the closets that is always freezing cold. So I'm not Perfect. worried about that. So, well, so tell us, have you even talked about your beer? You must have talked about your beer on Mark and Toddcast. But other than that, you have started your nonprofit is up and running now. Yes. So if folks have not heard, um, you should definitely go check out uh, the work that I've been doing on brand new organization in town called Weird Portland United. Um, and our website is weirdportlandunited.org. What uh, is Weird Portland United? What is? Weird Portland United is the <laughs> first uh, and only nonprofit organization dedicated to keeping Portland weird. Um, you know, for, for a number of years, I've been wanting to... Uh, bring the weird message loud and clear and uh, create a way for that to not disappear in the rapid growth that we're seeing in Portland. Um, so I took it upon myself to uh, start a nonprofit to do just that. Um, and it was actually uh, in conjunction with the Unipiper Beer Project that uh, I kicked this off. Um, so portion of the proceeds from the Unipiper Beer right now are all going to support Weird Portland United. And, um, you know, of course, the number one question I get asked is like, oh, well, how do you keep Portland weird? <laughs> um, so in the context of an organization like this, obviously, we're just trying to uh, raise awareness. Um, you know, there's a lot of people who probably, um, you know, when I came to Portland 10 plus years ago, I think people were choosing to live in Portland because of what it offered and the culture and the lifestyle. Um, I think that's still true to an extent, but we're also seeing a lot of people who didn't exactly choose to live in Portland. It just happened to be where their job is. Um, so I think the, the enthusiasm for you know Portland's uh, more um, eccentric local uh, oddities is not is there. But I think that's only due to a lack of education. So you know we we want to um, shine a spotlight on the the fun and uh, the things that keep Portland Portland. Um, and then in addition to that, we're going to try and uh, we're raising money to offer some grants to give out to folks with some weird and crazy ideas. Uh, the thought there being uh, we need to make sure Portland remains a place uh, where somebody like the Unipiper could have a crazy idea and uh, be rewarded uh, for for their wacky zaniness. Um, Night. Well, I have to say that you absolutely have your talking points down. <laughs> <laughs> You're like the celebrity at the end of the junket or whatever, where they're just like, we had a lot of fun making the film. And this is the first time that we've seen. <laughs> uh, that's great, though. No, it's it's also a membership based thing because, you know, we, we want um, everyone to be able to be involved and, and do their part, even if they don't have any. Uh, wacky talents of their own. Um, all they have to do is care about living in a world uh, like that. So um, you can join and become an official Portland weirdo um, on our website. Uh, and a, a membership gets you uh, an exclusive uh, enamel Weird Portland United membership pin, which is uh, sure to be the fashion accessory of the year. <laughs> nice. And, and then we all stopped talking. <laughs> Uh, and, and then obviously the, that's all there is because you couldn't possibly have any questions about this. <laughs> so, so I know that we have uh, a Weird Portland United email newsletter coming out uh, pretty soon. So I think people can go to weirdportlandunited.org and sign up for the newsletter to get information 
uh, whether or not they become members, but we want everybody to become members. And uh, are there any events coming up or uh, any any other other things that are Word Portland United related? Yes, uh, I'm glad you mentioned the newsletter, Mark. Uh, we're the second edition of our newsletter is coming out this coming week, uh, so there's still time if you're listening uh, right now or if you're listening early on um, early April. Um, head over and, and uh, it's absolutely free to sign up for our email newsletter where we um, share stories and unique content, uh, highlighting some of the weird. Um, things from Portland's past. Uh, we highlight the current weird goings on with an event calendar. Um, and we host our own events, uh, the first of which is coming up at the end of the month of April. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah. So on April 24th, uh, we're going to be hosting our first uh, weird creative uh, meetup series. So um, we're having a guest come in, um, and his name is uh, Michael uh, Mike Schneider. Uh, you may have seen him pop up in the news uh, recently. He did this uh, sort of wacky art project where he built a uh, boyfriend out of box wine. I um, saw him. I, I w- <laughs> almost read that story on uh, a few weeks ago, but it was just a long, the article I had was just a long series of pictures with just like a sentence in between. So I opted not to. <laughs> yeah, I think it, uh, I saw it on like MSNBC. It got yeah. National- oh, it got national coverage. Yeah, so um, this guy, he, he is in Portland, um, and he has a really funny Instagram page where he uh, just does all sorts of weird uh, sort of little daily cartoon with photos. Um, so he's going to be speaking and talking about how he got into doing uh, weird things like this, um, and it's a free event. So uh, check it out uh, at weirdportlandunited.org, uh, and details will be in our um, newsletter this week. And that one uh, that, that one was on April 24th? Yeah, April 24th. Okay. I'm um, I'm. I'm putting it in my calendar right now, my my actual paper calendar. Yeah, to find a pencil. <laughs> it's, a, it's a free event, but it does require an RSVP. So uh, that is, a, of course, a digital RSVP, Todd. We do will not accept that. Uh, they won't accept my calendar us. sheet. <laughs> you mail us an RS, RSVP. Typed letter. Dear word weirdos. <laughs> Tim, Tim Cavanaugh style. I'm giving them a calendar from 30 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and Squee will be there. And <laughs> uh, awesome. Any anything else that you can tell us? I just feel like there's been so much that we must have been forgetting something that to bring up. Um, the uh, weird Portland United will be in the uh, Starlight Parade this year. Um, if so, if you yourself would like to be in March in the uh, Portland Starlight Parade. Um, join the newsletter right now because uh, we'll be sharing details on how you could be involved uh, and, and could march and let your freak flag uh, fly in front of uh, thousands of people on TV. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, uh, that's a lot of fun. Nice. Oh, and you did throw cheese at a newscaster. Yes. That, that, that was too. my highlight of the, of your last two months or whatever is watching you throw <laughs> cheese at some lady on television. <laughs> Didn't she throw cheese at Scarlett? And then she something? threw cheese at your baby. And it was just. Well, well let's be clear before the baby hates. <laughs> oh, that's right. Nobody no, threw cheese. Nobody, nobody threw cheese at my baby. Your baby <laughs> ate some cheese and it was adorable. <laughs> I, yeah, the, if this makes no sense to you, then uh, congratulations. Uh, for those Learn your you, memes. For those of you who are unfortunately living in the year 2019 like I am, uh, you may have heard of the cheese challenge, which involves throwing cheese at babies, because that's where we're at now. I admit that I think it is hilarious. 
you are a yeah. baby hater. Then. I am. <laughs> Just winging processed cheese at your baby <laughs> this is, is, kind of funny. is pretty funny. <laughs> but Portland, it's all that. it's all almond based nut <laughs> cheese, cashew cheese, <laughs> dairy free, <laughs> which is pretty good. I yes. <laughs> We're, gonna, we're raising a generation of babies to uh, be scared of cheese. <laughs> Just a deep-seated fear of that <laughs> specific color of yellow that they can never <laughs> in their life figure out. <laughs> awesome. Uh, we also were on uh, Portland at the Movies last week, so anyone who wants to hear the Unipipers take on uh, the new Gus Van Sant movie, it's too far. Don't, we better not. Don't start worry, he yet. can't. Don't worry, he can't get far in foot. Okay. Don't, yeah. Don't worry, he won't get far in foot. Uh, that's up right now at Portland at the movies. Uh, and hey, speaking of Portland at the movies, did you guys hear what is happening tomorrow night at the Hollywood Theater? Are we having a premiere? Uh, there is going to be a showing of one of our Portland at the movies. Oh, favorites. Isn't, isn't it um, uh, with uh, Raquel Welch? And yes, yeah, really, yeah. So uh, the movie uh, Kansas City Bomber is showing at the um, at the Hollywood Theater. Oh, funny! Oh, that's pretty great. You can and see have those... some of the uh, Rose City Rollers in attendance. Oh, they can say they have some of the extras. So many... <laughs> the parade <laughs> of extras will be. <laughs> <laughs> the old lady giving the Italian finger. <laughs> that would be amazing. Do you think we could have a screening and invite as many of those uh, extras that are yes. still around? Yes. Uh, Absolutely. That's awesome. So, also, it's your turn to pick the next movie. So, yeah, I've got some homework. <laughs> awesome. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, Brian. We will talk to you sometime soon. Okay. See you guys. All right. Bye. 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 Waka waka waka. <laughs> waka 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 waka. See, the, it can go on as long as you want. There's a that's lot of the, dots. Yeah, that's the that's really the selling point of that joke. Um, so today I wanted to talk about. Um, we just hit the 40th anniversary. Uh, actually, we just hit a couple neat anniversaries. We hit two different uh, really great 20th anniversaries, which is Futurama. And oh, wow. uh, the Matrix, both which oh, yeah. came out twenty years ago this last week. We watched the Matrix last week, and did you? And, and Nick had never seen it. Oh wow! And I love watching it with people who haven't seen it before. It is so solid; it stands up perfectly. Yep, it I just watched it, it with, come the, out, with the it older come boys out again. last week. Uh, and the technology used has been so infused into. Cinemagraphic and and television cinematography. Yeah. Uh, there, right after that, there were a lot of the uh, you know the bullet time. Uh, everyone use. had a bullet time parody. <laughs> All the cartoons that came out, but everywhere. it's actively used in sports uh, videography. Oh, is okay, because they'll they'll have a whole ring of cameras around the stadium and then they'll have a play they'll stop the play and then they'll zoom around it just like they did around neo and you know my my ebay handle is neo the one uh (laughs) my like i loved it's one of the movies that i have seen the most times wow is is really how about the sequels terrible (laughs) <laughs> such a disappointment I, I don't think I've actually seen the all of both yeah, yeah. It, they're just terrible, terrible <laughs> I was terrible, so sad terrible. I remember watching the trailer for that with a bunch of friends for the second one and I was like how could it I mean 
We just saw that. How could that be bad? Surely this won't be another Phantom Menace experience. Right. Uh, the the only thing, I don't even know which one it was, where they had all of the Agent Smiths. Yeah, uh, the burly a, brawl, that's there's called. There's behind the scenes making of that scene that's really good. Yeah. That's the only that and the, there's a, thing. There's a freeway car chase in the second one that's really yeah, yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Um, but anyway, don't check those out. Sorry. Um, so yeah, those two happened 20 years ago, but something else uh, that uh, made a dramatic shift in... In the culture, not as entertainment, but as a as a, a way we think about things. Do you have any idea what that would be 40 years ago? 40 years ago. Yes. And it was just celebrated. It was in the news uh, last week. And, and I did see other people talking about it. So that's a really, really good question. End of the 70s. And incredibly broad. And incredibly broad. Uh, you know, we had the 52 American hostages. Um, I I don't know. So uh, th- the meltdown at Three Mile oh, Island, TMI. Uh, which I, <laughs> it is TMI, yeah. which kept making me laugh because I'd never seen it referred to that as yeah. TMI, which always <laughs> made me giggle. <clears throat> so I thought I would just take a look at, because um, I didn't really know any of the specifics. I just always heard that name um, and I knew there was a meltdown. But like when you hear it as a kid, you'd think of like fire and destruction and what eventually kind of what Chernobyl was like. You can go back and listen to the episode that we talked about. Three Mile Island? Yes. (laughs) No way. 100%. No, we talked about Chernobyl. And Three Mile Island. No, I don't believe I'm going to go look right now. Pretty sure. I'm going to go to (laughs) markandtodcast.com. Damn it. Well, I don't see okay. it, so we'll, we'll call it a not. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm okay I guess I should have asked, because <laughs> at least you you do that to me. But, uh, so, Three Mile Island, which yeah. is TMI. TMI. But at the time, I kind of looked at the, uh, culturally where we were, too, and this is coming off the 1950s and 1960s, <clears throat> the, prob- the, the promise of this new energy. I found this great clip from a Disney-produced... Um, like world of science that they would play. It's like a 45 minute. It's like what they played on Sunday night that has this oh, great that little would be fun to watch yeah. here before us is a tremendous potential. Let's think for a moment about. The oh, sorry. The possibilities of the future. Tomorrowland promise of things to come. Voiceover. So great. Here so this is a big right genie. And I give you the magic fire of the atom. Nice. Here, in fact, is the answer to a dream now as a big old as man robot himself. Guy. A giant of limitless power at man's command. The complex. So what I liked about there's one more quote here that I love. Right after this guy. Waiting to help people everywhere in some brave new world of the future. The peaceful atom is here and now. The peaceful atom. So we're coming off of that promise of just unlimited energy that is clean, that is portable, that is whatever. And then in the late uh, in the late seventies, a movie called The China Syndrome came out. Mm-hmm. And the China Syndrome is about a meltdown at a, a nuclear power plant. Um, hit theaters in the in the summer of Mar- or in the summer of March in March of 1979 it was uh, Jane Fonda Jack Lemmon Michael Douglas uh, the aftermath of a fictional nuclear meltdown outside of Los Angeles uh, at the time the nuclear industry dismissed the China syndrome uh, plot as far-fetched and many experts said nuclear melt- meltdowns where a nuclear reactor overheats uh, causing radioactive fuel to melt 
Uh, they said they were almost impossible, calling them black swan events. So that is what the setup to um, mm. March 28, 1979, uh, which is actually the same month that the China syndrome came out. That's wow. unfortunate oh. timing. <laughs> so at 4 a.m., uh, day one, March 28, 1979, at 4 a.m., uh, Unit 2 has been in service for about three months, and Unit 1 has been shut down for refueling. A minor, a minor malfunction in the non-nuclear part of Unit 2 occurred, which triggered a series of automated responses of the reactor's coolant system, including the opening of a relief valve. The, re the relief valve failed to close automatically, and the control room operators misread the situation. Uh, the valve opened for uh, remained open for two and a quarter hours uh, as precious reactor coolant spewed out. An automated emergency cooling system is also turned off. So by 6.48, uh, which is two and a half hours later, roughly, uh, now uh, high radiation levels exist in several areas of the plant, and evidence indicates as much as two-thirds of the 12-foot-high core has stood uncovered. A partial meltdown occurs. Short be before 7 a.m., a site emergency is declared, a requirement when some events threaten uh, an uncontrolled release of radioactivity. At 7.24, a general emergency is declared. Uh, by 8.25, the local music station is the first to broadcast the news and said that there is no danger to the public. Uh, that was at 8.25 a.m. At 1.50 p.m., uh, a noise described as a thud is heard in Unit 2 of the control room. The thud was the sound of a hydrogen explosion inside the containment building. At the time, however, the noise was dismissed as a slamming of the ventilation damper. Um, news media flood into the area throughout the afternoon. Uh, so now we're on day two, March 29, uh, and the initial alarm was given away to a wait-and-see attitude. Um, the lieutenant governor shows up, members of the local congressional delegation show up, uh, and Governor Dick Thornburg holds a news conference, says the danger is over. Uh, at 6.30, the NRC, uh, the National uh, regulatory nuclear, nuclear regulatory, regulatory commission, commission. Uh, at 6:30 are told that the core damage is far worse than they expected at 10 p.m the government's office is told the news which integrates greater possibilities of ra uh, radiation releases exist uh, day three bureaucratic snafus poor communication and other uh, over-eager news reporting later are determined to be responsible for the reports and issued the uh, this day that there had been high releases the nrc recommend uh, recommended that Thornburg ordered an e evacuation, um, but then somebody else at the NRC, the chairman, thought that no evacuation was needed. However, uh, they suggest that the people within a five-mile uh, five mile radius downwind of the plant uh, be urged to stay indoors. Um, and around 12.30, they advised that pregnant women and preschool children leave the region within five uh, miles of the TMI. Uh, schools in the area close. Uh, by the 2 o'clock, um, the hydrogen bubble has formed. Uh, they have realized the hydrogen bubble has formed under the Unit 2 reactor. Officials say that there is a remote possibility that the bubble could force down vital cooling water, exposing the reactor core and causing a full meltdown. Um, the NRC chairman says at 2.45, oh, this is day four, um, residents of the 20-mile radius uh evacuate as a precautionary measure um the three let's see might be necessary if engineers are attempted to force the bubble out of the reactor um later carter announces a plan to visit 
at 8.30, they uh, assure reporters that there is no imminent catastrophic <clears throat> event foreseeable. Uh, by that evening, one quarter of the area's almost a million residents had packed their suitcase, withdrawn savings from the bank, and fled the area. On day five, the president shows up, um, uh, and now it kind of spaces out. They announce on April 2, which is the next week, the hydrogen bubble has shrunk. April 3, uh, the hydrogen bubble has magically been eliminated somehow. Uh, the Federal Reserve announces that it has dispatched large sums of cash to areas in the bank uh, because of people uh, withdrawing and leaving. Um, by April 9, the precautionary evacuation advisor for pregnant women and preschools is lifted. So because of this, there were no more new nuclear power stations until 2010. Uh, Barack Obama really tried to kickstart things, talking about the renew or not renewable energy, but the cleaner energy. Right. Um, but then is when Fukushima happened. Now, when Chernobyl happened, we weren't too worried about it because it was none of our technology. Right. Uh, but Fukushima was, and immediately the public support went from fifty-five percent to in the low thirties after Fukushima happened. So, mm -hmm. uh, after a decade of cleanup of over a billion dollars was eventually um was just eventually spent to clean that all up so for tmi for tmi yeah for too much information too much information yeah so um we got access uh, as i was a nuclear reactor operator in the navy we got access to all of the confidential and secret documents about how it happened and and we it was like required reading and and studying and and it's been a long time for me and i, right. I don't remember all the details but uh there were significant changes to how we interpreted uh, the uh, casualties based on the information that we got out of TMI. And and the big one that you alluded to was the bubble forming in the core. And right. um, uh, it's not just necessarily a hydrogen bubble. It is a steam bubble because once... Um, once there's a leak or a lo loss of pressure in that uh, water vessel, the water flashes to steam, and steam does not conduct heat nearly as well as liquid water does. And so what we do is we keep high pressure on the water, keep that from flashing to steam, use that to remove heat from the core, and that core is fissioning and creating heat and so you want to remove that heat and dissipate it in some way and we usually do that using turbines to make electricity and um, so at TMI they were pumping water in and seeing the water level rise and thought that that was all taken care of and what was actually happening is the water was being pumped in and draining out and a bubble was forming that was pushing the water level up in, you know, so it, it that water bubble or that air steam bubble was taking up space oh, okay. and pushing the water above it in, <coughs> in a vessel called the pressurizer. That pressurizer water level pressurizer. is... Pressurizer. I barely knew her. And so the pressurizer level was going up which made it look like, hey, everything's great now. And uh, that was, that is now an indication that, 
oh shit, things have really gone to hell when pressurized level is going up wow. uh, in that condition. And so it was it was a new scenario for uh, operators at the time. We didn't have that experience of an event uh, type of thing happen in that kind of there's there's a dozen different types of reactor and the the one used in navy nuclear power is basically the same kind of technology that we use at, at tmi where you have <clears throat> fissioning material being uh with heat transferred to uh, a pressurized water and that goes to a steam generator that's a, a um, heat exchanger to boil steam, and that steam is used to turn turbines. Uh, there's other types of reactor vessels that use liquid metals and, and other uh, more um, abstract or uh, exotic uh, technologies, and this one's pretty straight up, just pressurized water, and uh, the scenario that happened um shouldn't happen again uh, <laughs> we learned a lot from it and uh changed one both of the, the technology and, and one the of the funny thing is i was watching i was watching a couple of videos on it and it was like the announcement of the opening or whatever they're like with new technology or whatever and it literally looked like in star wars when it's just like blinking lights for no reason <laughs> on this like 1970s formica counter <laughs> like oh my gosh yeah uh in the uh, control area for uh, when we would train, we would train on an actual reactor, and that reactor was a prototype used for real reactors. Uh, and that prototype was an actual operating nuclear power plant in the middle of the desert, just in case anything happened. It was just the desert. And there were Nixie tubes and old tape thing, wow. tape drives, and the blinking lights. And yeah, that's it what was they had to do there. Straight up, the state of the art technology, and they had the like the reel to reel going back and forth. Like, expect right. that one robot from right. whatever. That and series. you know, I was Gort in the Navy in the early '90s, and that technology was what was in place right. because um, it was tried, tested, and true, right. and it just always worked. And you didn't need to, you know have new fangled technology and, yeah. uh if if something one worked. of the other things they said too is as that bubble was growing they were super concerned that it was going to grow down and burst you know through the floor sure. into the ground and the professor of physics or whoever the guy was was like and that would have been a, a like a catastrophic problem that we haven't even begun to even think about how we solve and i'm like right. Why don't you do that <laughs> before you build? And like. that's, that's ultimately what happened at Chernobyl is uh, the the core melted down and, and melted down through the pressure vessel into the basement below. And right. that's where you get the elephant foot, uh, you know, famous yeah. uh, sludge of nuclear material in Chernobyl. Uh, that's what they were fearing in, in TMI. And, and it was it was catastrophic and, and it, it could have been much worse. Right. Yeah, and that's, I think, as a kid, because I must have, in 1979, I was like four. So, I mean, I wasn't super aware, but I must have just heard that name a lot and then sort of never heard of it again. I think because right. there weren't casualties or any crazy long-term, right. uh, other than the effect of how it affected public public Perce uh, perception, perception totally. of nuclear power. So It was also interesting, w the president at the time was a former nuclear reactor operator. And, and oh, Jimmy Carter Navy, was? Jimmy Carter yeah. worked in the Navy and as a 
nuclear engineer. He was an officer, and so he was a nuclear trained officer, and uh, and so he had an incredible context to be able oh, wow. to process this and and disseminate it to the masses and and provide a lot of comfort and sure. reassurance to the masses because he very very specifically understood it at a deep level wow. and he was actually an expert instead of I wonder, other presidents who I, have claimed to I be I wonder what that's like <laughs> poor Carter I wonder how much of his I mean I don't uh, like I said I was only four when he was president and he always gets a, a bad rap for his time in office because that's the gas crisis that's the hostages that's the you know this all of that and he's kind of always looked at as not a great president and I always wonder how much of that was just contextual or if he really wasn't you know he's an amazing person but I don't know I still kind of have no objective view on how he was really as president yeah that's that's I ask you yeah I I just remember my parents um, warning me about um, uh, bragging that my parents voted for Carter in the 80 election I was 10 uh, and so is Carter Reagan okay and um, Carter lost but but um, I knew that my parents were voting for Carter and they warned me against bragging about that at school lest okay. I be pummeled for, <laughs> for being a punched to death by pink, the, the kindergarten pinky. MAGA crowd <laughs> <laughs> Dude, right all right. Well, anyway, so yeah, I, I I perhaps have learned all of that information before, but uh, on the 40th anniversary, I thought I would just kind of take a look at that again. Love it. I hadn't thought about that. That 40. Uh, yeah. I I did look up information about TMI uh, about six weeks ago when somebody at work was like, "So what was Three Mile okay. Island?" I'm like, "What oh, is? You know what happened there?" And and so we looked up some stuff together and I'm like refreshed some of my memory oh, funny. about it. So. I should have had you do this topic. <laughs> so, no, <laughs> it's all good. All right. Well, you can hear us on the Fun Employment Radio Network along mm-hmm. with their other shows like Geek in the City and Fun Employment Radio. Uh, they are off in New York right now. Uh, Greg also nice. works for Digital Trends, which is has a it's weird. Their main headquarters is in Portland and their other one is in like Manhattan. This <laughs> so subsidiary. Like, yeah, the subsidiary, which is weird. So they will be back uh, this. Well, probably you just heard them because I'm imagining this is playing after. Uh, so you can hear them. Go again to sonicsketches.com. You can use the offer code Mark Todd for free shipping. Um, and you could get, if you wanted, you can get the 1986 Hands Across America mm-hmm. delivered to your door for free. Well, for the shipping part would have been free, <laughs> not the Sonic <laughs> Sketch part. Um, so we will take you out with that. Uh, there is a new Portland at the movies up right now all about uh, you can't take that away. What is the movie called? You can't get there. Uh, Dang, Navit. Don't worry, you won't get fired. I've, I've come too far. Don't worry, you won't get fired. How high a hill I could not sell. <laughs> we should have a white waiting for Guffman screening. I well, I realized oh, this is. Is that been forty years? <laughs> it's been forty years. Uh, no, it's probably been twenty. I think that came out in ninety six or so. But um, did you watch Better Call Saul? At all, uh, or uh, you're aware of it at least. Yeah, yeah. So uh, Bob Odenkirk, who's a star of that, um, uh, Colin's older older brothers are watching that, and they were sitting there one day, and they're like, they were kind of marveling at the fact that both Bob Odenkirk and Michael McKeon, who is also in in Better Off Call Better Call Saul, 
were both comic comedy actors because like they know them from that show, which is apparently very. I mean, I've never watched it, but it's you know very right. heavy and very dramatic. Oh gosh, and yes. apparently, both of them are like amazing dramatic yep. actors on it. And I know them, of course, like Bob Odenkirk is Mr. Show and like Michael McKeon. I'm like, well, he was on Laverne and Shirley. And they go, what? What? And I said, Laverne and Shirley was a spinoff of Happy Days. Days. And they went, huh? Huh? And I said, do you even know what a Fonzie is? (laughs) And they're like, what? And so I showed them they at least recognized what Fonzie was. But then I brought up uh, a Michael McKee and being Squiggy or Lenny or whichever one he was. And they were like, he was Lenny. Yeah. I was like, they were kind of <laughs> tripping out over that. It, yeah. <laughs> Laverne and Shirley. I, lo- I grew up on Laverne and Shirley. I loved that. I show. don't think I liked and it. And I don't know how much it was my mom's influence because she's like, oh, all they do is yell on that show. And she always <laughs> made me turn it off. And it's kind of fair that they it, do just they yell do. a lot on that They show. do. And, but I, I'm ashamed like the com. you look back at the comedy and Lenny and Squiggy especially so are just broad so yeah. shameful <laughs> like it's not good it's not good at all it doesn't age well no uh so yeah I showed them that but then I was later that night I'm like why didn't I say anything about Spinal Tap which is perhaps one of his biggest roles right. but I didn't see Spinal Tap until after I saw Waiting for Guffman and so I don't associate. So next week we're all watching Spinal Tap and then we're watching Waiting for Guffman and then we'll watch Best in Show. So I've got three three weeks of movies with the older boys too. David show Lander, them. who played Squiggy, is 71. And Oh, wow. He's had multiple sclerosis for quite quite a while. I think since he did Willow, he was one of the little the little guys in, in Ron Howard's Willow. Um, wow, 71. How old is Michael McKeon? Um, He's been in, t- I mean, everything. everything. He popped up on an episode of, of Friends, which is why they were like, Michael McKeon was a comic actor? Um, well, I'm going to queue up uh, Hands Across America here. He is also 71. Oh, wow. That's my parents' age. Uh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I say, asking he, was, he was an adult actor <laughs> in the 70s. <laughs> How old were Lenny and Squiggy supposed to be? I guess I early twenties. I was gonna say maybe not high school. That was Richie was high yeah, school. Okay. Yeah, this was yeah. They were adults. They should have known better. They should is what we're better. saying. <laughs> they do not have an oh, excuse. <laughs> Chewing on the back of their palm or whatever. Uh. Anyway, well, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to, uh, I don't know. <laughs> Rate and review, I guess. Uh, We will see you next time. Here's Hands Across America. Wow, this is terrible. Yes. Oh my Oh my gosh, they just have children who need things. And it's just nothing but like those children and people uh, in tractors cutting wheat. Is this familiar to you? Yeah. Wow. This is. Hands across America.
This is terrible. Kenny Rogers. Really? Oh, I missed him. Uh, wow. Oh, there's Crockett and Tubbs from Miami Vice. <laughs> With yeah. no people around them, they're like, we are not standing by normal people. We will stand alone. Wow. Oh, there's Michael Douglas. There are famous people in this. It, it yeah. was going to be Eric big. Eric Estrada. It was going to be big. It was the next, yeah, I guess the next We Are the World. <laughs> that sounds like Michael Bolton. This is the most 80s thing I've ever seen. All right. Well, All right. hold the hand of a loved one you care about or whatever. <laughs> See you next time. Bye-bye. There's C3PO. Oh my gosh. What? <laughs> C3PO, dude. There's your your grandma. Uh